Imagine being able to listen worldwide from the comfort of your own home with a handheld radio. Imagine now being able to talk to those same people. Again, no crazy need for hard-to-get licenses or advanced licensing or hours and upon hours of studying and doing math. With a simple amateur radio technician class license, the world is now your oyster. And we're going to talk about exactly how to do that on today's podcast. All units stand three. It now appears as though shots are being fired. All officers use caution. It has been confirmed. Suspects are armed and are firing at police. Secure on the air. North Mexico signal 10. Building fire. Headquarters. North Mexico Fire Department. 1000 North Broadway. North Park Drive in North Albany. Welcome back to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and today we have something a little bit different. We're going to talk about amateur radio. Now, before you start rolling your eyes on this one, because I know some people out there just don't want to hear about amateur radio. Look, it is a valid thing to listen to with the Scanner Radio hobby. But for many people, the scanner radio hobby becomes the gateway drug into amateur radio or vice versa. So there is definitely a lot in common when it comes to scanning and amateur radio. Now, if you have an interest in amateur radio, but you've never really gotten on the air or never even went to get your license, but you want to at least try something or get yourself exposed to it, this weekend is a great opportunity to do so. The fourth Saturday and Sunday of June every year is the ARRL's Field Day. And this is an emergency drill that is operated by many local clubs throughout the U.S. and North America. Now, you can go to ARRL.org and look for a Field Day club in your area. And again, you can just walk into any club usually, and introduce yourself and say, hey, you know, I'm very interested in trying to get on the air, or I'd like to just see what you guys are working with here, or I'm interested in getting my amateur radio license, but I haven't really gotten to that point yet. Sell it to me, or, or show me what I can do here. And chances are that you'll find a lot of people who are operating HF radio equipment that are talking throughout the United States. They may be using voice. They could be using Morse code. Some use satellite communications or other things. They may even have a GOTA tent there set up as well. Get on the air. And that is for people who want to come in outside the club and get on the air as well. So this weekend is a really great opportunity to get on. Again, it's the fourth Saturday of June of every year. So if you listen to this in the future, make sure you mark it on your calendars. But if you listen to this podcast live, Hey, get out there this weekend. And again, that's exactly why we're talking about amateur radio this week on the podcast, because field day is right around the corner. So I want to introduce Tom, KC2SJM. He's the guest today. And we're going to talk about all things amateur radio, basically how to talk to the world with just a technician class license, also how to uh, participate in emergency preparedness drills, and some other things that you can do with the hobby, even if you just want to get started and not go crazy and go for your general or extra class license. So let's go ahead and get into our conversation that we had recorded with Tom, KC2SJM. Tom, thank you so much for being a guest on today's podcast. And again, you reached out to me and filled out the form on the website. So again, I want to thank you for taking the initiative and uh, booking a spot this tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'll wave a hand to anybody who's maybe going to watch this uh, down yep. the road and 
you know, we were we were kind of tossing ideas back and forth about uh, podcast topics, and I think we kind of settled on just you know just having a conversation about uh, the the hobby in general and see where it goes. And uh, it's going to be a little bit interesting just to see. I, I love these types of conversations. That's exactly what they are. They're just recorded conversations, and uh, you know, things sometimes take a turn, and it's you know we go mm-hmm. down a path, whatever we come back to it. So yeah. But before we get to that point, why don't you uh, just introduce yourself uh, really quickly to anybody who doesn't know you or uh, is listening okay. out there? Basically, uh, um, I've been in radio hobbying for years. I'm a ham radio operator, and uh, of course, been licensed for, I gotta think about this, since 2007. So that's going on almost 15 years, pretty close to it. Loved it. I don't really do a lot of like the uh, shortwave stuff version, I guess you could call it, of ham radio because I just can't afford the radios and the tests are a lot harder. <laughs> so that's what I'm into. So I, do, I basically do the VHF, UHF, 10 meter stuff. We have a bunch of re- local repeaters in my area that are on VHF that I have uh, been on many times, talked to people, and haven't met many people in person at ham fests and stuff. So I've had a lot of fun with them, getting to know them in person and not just on the radio. So it's been it's been fun doing that. I also took part in a, I got to think what year it was. I think it was in 09. I took part in a uh, Red Cross drill for ham radio, which was, uh, it was basically a mock. You had to pr- pretend you were, the well, okay, the scenario we had, we had to pretend we were under attack or something, and we had people relaying messages through us to other sites, I should say, through the repeater, and asking for certain people who needed blankets or food, supplies, whatever, and I took part in that, and uh, it was kind of fun. We got some recognition from the Red Cross for it, so we are noted around here. So if we are needed for national disasters in my area, which I hope never to ever have, we do definitely would become useful if anybody's available. Obviously, in my area, that's a local hand would be ready to enable that could go with a radio and be set. They know we're out there, and we do take part in some community things around here. So it's, it's been rewarding. I'll give it that. I had a friend of mine who actually taught, who kind of got me into it back in, yeah, about that same time. Well, actually, it was 2007. I got my ticket. So it was probably around 2006 or so. And he actually owns his own tower and repeater and everything. And he, um, he said, why don't you go for your ticket? And I was like, Ugh. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and he says, dude, I'll give you the book. It's easy. I'm like, all mm-hmm. right. So technician exam is what I went and took and I passed it, obviously. And, he said, you know, if you want to go to advance or even more, he goes, I, I can give you those books too. And I took one of the books he had and I looked at it and I'm not very, how do you want to say it? Not very um, smart in the math area as far as algebra when it gets to the hard, hard stuff. And mm-hmm. as you get into higher classes, like the advanced and the extra class, there's a lot more math involved. And if you don't know how to do it, you're not going to pass the test. I mean, it's right. very, very difficult. I have known people who have taken the, the extra class and have failed it few times before they've actually passed it. So that tells you something right there that it's very difficult. For me, I just can't grasp some of that. It's uh, it's a learning disability that some people have, and I'm, I guess I have that. So I just kind of looked at it and said, you know what, I'm going to stay where I'm at, and I'm just as good. So you know what, got to do what you got to do, it works. And I've, like I said, I've been with, uh, licensed, you know, for almost 15 years and can't complain, you know? Right. And you know, it, this is a different time period too for just a technician class only license. When mm-hmm. I got licensed, it was in the mid '90s, and it was right around just after the time they got rid of that Morse code mandate, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah, a technician then a technician plus. Mm-hmm. And yep, yep. Um, for me, it was great because I didn't have to worry about the Morse code. And even to this day, 
decades later, I still struggle with with mm -hmm. copying Morse code. And that barrier being removed was one of those things that allowed me to get into technician, bypass the novice. Well, actually, no, I took the novice test as a no code <laughs> into a technician mm -hmm. class. And then years later, it was, wasn't until after, probably the same time you got your license or your, or your ticket, um, mm -hmm. that I upgraded to general. And I used a lot of the online resources, the mm -hmm. test taking, and, and that's, how I, that's how I passed my general was you start learning some of the questions and some of the answers. And that's really what the technician class is, right? It's, it's comprehension of the yeah. rules, the regulations, where you should be, where you shouldn't be, how much power you should put out. And a little bit of math, Ohm's law. Yeah, it's, it's really the, yeah, it's really, really the major basics, honestly. Exactly. Is what it is. Mm -hmm. If you can't really get past that, then I don't know what to tell you because it's, it's not really hardly, well, okay. On my test I took, there was barely any math at all. I, so there was like maybe like one question that was math and the rest of it was all the, like you said, the basics. Mm -hmm. And then it went into a couple questions about the computer stuff and I didn't care. Honestly, I didn't really care if I failed or passed that part because it was more like connecting your radio to a computer and all that. And I'm, and I'm like, I'm not going to be doing any of that stuff. I'm like, I don't care, you know? Right. So it didn't, it didn't really affect me. So when I found out I passed anyways, I think I got like a, well, if you were to average it out, I think I got like a 94 or something. I was happy with that. You know, I said, I'm good. You don't need a perfect <laughs> score. You just got to pass. Oh, no, 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 no. Exactly. Yeah. But it was like. He told me what I got wrong, and I said, yeah, I don't really care. And he goes, well, okay, whatever. <laughs> the right, guy was right. like, all right, whatever. Yep. And I says, I'm not going to be doing any of that stuff. I said, I don't have time for that, and I just don't I don't want to be bothered. And he's like, okay. So it wasn't like I purposely tried to fail those questions. It was just I, I might have guessed on a couple of them. I don't even remember what they were about. But at any, rate, at any rate, that whole area is, yeah, it's not that hard. But, yeah, definitely the next two classes up, yeah, I looked at the the – general class and the extra class and oh my gosh i'll tell you right i was lost i even tried taking a uh, a few of the practice tests on um online on the uh what was it the the, the qrz right i used to Is use aa9pw was, was uh, I, think the that, I think I, I think it was Q called QRZ. I think that's what it is. Right. But QRZ I don't, I, is one, a big one. Yep. Yeah, I think that's what i use well anyways i tried several different practice tests on there mm -hmm. and just I couldn't get I could I got very close to passing, but I just couldn't get over that hump. And I said, you know what? I said, it's gonna take time. I said, I'm glad I'm not ready yet. But then, you know, things happen in life and you just mm -hmm. gotta put it on the back burner. So like I said, you know what? I looked at it as like I'm I'm stable where I'm at with with doing the VHF and the UHF and sometimes if I can get in ten meters, I'm fine, you know. Right, you right. got you got a wide broadband on there anyway. So it's not like you're just narrowed down to like a small minute area and you go, right. well, I guess I can't really do nothing. <laughs> well, that's what they get you on, on HF, right? The technician portions of like yeah. a 15 or I don't think there is anything on 20, but you know, on some mm -hmm. of the other bands, it's narrow, but it's the same thing to a general, right? All, all yeah. the DX is, is in the extra yeah, like, band, not the general band. Yeah. So well, that's no, where the action is. But if you think yeah. about it though, I mean, you can go on to um, ham radio prep and mm -hmm. it's, um, I'm actually affiliate for them. But they, I'm, I've been using them for the for the extra class, and okay. it's online video, and uh, you can take the test, oh. you can get the videos, and somebody explains it to you. And there's another one too. I think um, Ham Radio 2.0, I think is one, or um, okay, yeah, it's not. That's not that one. I can think of the guy. I can see the pain in my head. I just can't. I just can't put two and two together. But I'll 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 splice it in here. But um, <laughs> it's. Uh, I'll, I'll get to it. But anyway, so there's, okay, there's another, <laughs> there's another guy out there that, that does it well. And, uh, he's, he's actually pretty, pretty well known, pretty popular. He's got a beard. 
And um, I think he's out in California, but he's always he's always out there to help as well. He's got a really big YouTube channel and uh, he's got an outlet as well. But um, definitely plenty of resources out there. But again, like I was saying, this isn't the same time frame as it was 15 years ago, 20 years ago, even 50 years ago, where you needed that upgraded license in order to enjoy talking around the world. Because now from your handheld radio in the technician portion of the VHF, UHF band, you've got digital modes like DMR or uh-huh. D-Star and anything else that allows you to communicate with talk groups, which again, we know from the scanner radio world, talk groups, same principle basically. And it's single channel trunking, I guess is the way easiest way to, des- to describe it. It's a single VHF or UHF channel. You put the talk group in there and it gateways you out to a server. And then on the other end, it comes back out on the person who's on the same talk group as you and you can talk to them. So yeah, even on like yeah. the worldwide chat group and you'll have somebody from South America, North America, somebody in Europe, somebody in Australia, somebody in Germany, and they'll mm-hmm. all be passing around, you know, a conversation or there's like a yeah. Northeast reflector or so even like you told me before with like an emergency operations thing, you can have like the whole Northeast or an Aries net or, or yeah, a yeah. hurricane spot or something like that. So to be able to get out there and have as much fun as you could on HF, you don't need the HF anymore. You don't need the giant antenna. You don't have to be restricted or have to worry about the HOA. It's a different world now, thanks to uh, modern technology. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's totally different. I mean, I was uh, pretty stoked back then when it, you know, I found out you it, on a test that wasn't required to um, pass it with knowing Morse code. I was like, oh, great. I'm like, that's awesome. And uh, although, I mean, there's some people who still do CW out there and they yeah. look, they look at it and like, well, I'll still take a test for it anyways. All right, fine. You know, at least it's, I'm glad it's not required anymore because I, I don't know where I'd be if I had to. Right. That's hard. I heard that's real hard. It's, you know, uh, there's, there's it a, can be, I guess. Yeah, but you know what? There's also resources out there to help you out with that as well. So oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm a member of, um, a lifetime member of the LICW Club. So it's based here out of Long Island and that's where they started from. But okay. again, with the thanks of Zoom, they meet multiple times a week on multiple different Zoom chats and different channels. And they have a, um, a beginner's uh, class and they have a more advanced class and they have a get over the hump where it's like you break through that barrier that holds you down to a certain word per minute. And then they have um, you know a, a thing on keys or old boat anchor equipment and they've really grown, grown into this worldwide community. They still hold on to the LICW name but it's now a worldwide type of thing. And uh, uh, they will, you know, they get you in there. They, they get you working on the method and, and uh, they test you. Yeah, they don't test you, but it's like, um, okay, these are, the, these are the letters we're working on this week. And you can come in at any time you want and start, start learning because as soon as you get to the end of the lesson, they start all the way over again at, at scratch. So no matter where you catch them in the cycle, mm-hmm. you're going to learn the entire alphabet. And uh, um, it really does... Um, if you could stick with it, it'll help you out. I just, I just with you know with everything I got going on right now, I couldn't stick with it. But yeah, I hear if I had stick stuck with it. Morse code wouldn't be a problem. But yeah, there's guys out there that can head copy. One of the guys from the LICW club, he used to run tractor trailers from Long Island or Queens all the way out, I think, to Ohio. So he would just sit there and tune around, or you know, he's he's got the 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 CW uh, paddles on his leg and you know velcro <laughs> to his leg. And and he's he's trucking in CW and you know it's it's interesting. But, That's uh, crazy. <laughs> yeah, some of these guys are really like, you go to Hamfest and whatnot or a field day, and these guys are just 
mile a minute. You know, they are just oh yeah, yeah, go quickly. And oh yeah, they they yeah. can do it like it's another language. It's really interesting just to see how fast people can do Morse code. Yeah, so. it's pretty crazy out there. I don't. I personally, the people that live in my area up here, I really don't know if a lot of them do that anymore. I couldn't even tell you. But you know, either way, I mean, we do have daily check-ins up here uh, during the week okay. on uh, one of the frequencies up here on VHF, and then uh, there's one on Sunday nights at eight o'clock that does another check-in. So I, so if I'm feeling up to it, I might jump in. If not, I just listen. Whatever, you know, it's right. all my. What if I got something going on, or if I'm just not in the feeling it, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of nice. But you know, I do try to let them know I'm still alive. That's right. <laughs> it's kind of nice. I actually did that one time. I jumped in, and I was like, the guy who uh, heads up the one net was his name was Paul. And I jumped and I said, hey, Paul, I'm still alive, just so you know. He goes, well, it's great to see you're here. <laughs> he's like, well, you know, it's not like we weren't thinking about you. He's like, you know, but it's good that you see, he's like, it's good to see you come in every once in a while. <laughs> right, right. He says, but, like, you know, I, I it's basically just, it's said, just kind of funny I, like that. I hung up the mic and walked away one, one day and that was just the end of it. And uh, I was uh, really into it. I was doing uh, net control for the Skywarn net. I was helping out the uh-huh. Aries stuff and the Racy stuff. And I was the traffic net manager for Nassau County down here. So I had a full plate and I was, you know, I, I was yeah. taking on more than I could take on. And one day I just went, I've had it, I'm done. And I just passed the torch <laughs> to somebody. And that was, that was pretty much the end of it. And, uh, but, uh, listening though is, is interesting too. And even from a scanner radio point of view, cause I, I try and tie it in cause that's what we try and stay focused on here. But I understand. You, I got you, it. you talk about the, and I, we could talk amateur radio all, you know, the whole conversation. I'm fine with that. <laughs> But I want to tie in some of the important stuff that we've talked about so far. So being some of the terminology. So we talked about a ticket, which is your actual license, your FCC license. Yep. Yep. We said CW, and that's Morse code. Yep. We talked about VHF, UHF, which we're kind of familiar with here in uh, the scanner radio world. But we talked about too, and I want to go back into the Red Cross stuff that you were talking about earlier. I think we'll, we'll, okay. we'll go full circle on that and come back to that towards the end. But um I just want to get into like the nets and the routines and the drills and whatnot. And and some of the stuff that I like to say part of the podcast is you kind of want to listen to what you want to listen to before you need to listen to it because you want to start listening to some of the, the patterns or the way mm-hmm. things operate, such mm-hmm. as when you're listening to aviation, there's a certain structure to every single transmission, right? And if you aren't listening repeatedly to aviation in fact it's been a while since i've listened to it so i can't recall what the actual structure is in my head and when i start listening to aviation again i have to stop and think about okay that's this that's that that's this that's that that's this and then you can put that string of characters that strings of words together and you know exactly what they're talking about but for somebody who hasn't been listening for a while or ever you kind of feel lost it's like what is this it's just numbers and letters and everything like that and mm-hmm. with amateur radio, the same thing happens, right? You check into a net, you give a call sign, either who you're calling or or what your station is. Maybe you give a station report. Maybe you you pass some traffic. And again, listen to a traffic net. That's a whole other language in its own, where you've got certain codes and certain variables and and account and 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 stuff like that. But when an emergency happens, and this is why I stress too, like when when it hits the fan. When you want to prep, when you want to know what's going on during a disaster, amateur radio in your scanner is a really great resource because mm-hmm. that could be boots on the ground. So exactly. whether it be a storm exactly. spotter or somebody manning a shelter or an EOC, that's where amateur radio really does shine. And even to these days, today, where people say, oh, why would they need to have an amateur radio operator there? Because there's already a dispatcher or there's already an internet connection or they already got a phone line there. 
people still yeah. rely on the amateur service to fulfill that need. And even too, during marathons or community walks. Well, it's actually you know, funny you bring that up right now is because just over the weekend, we were the one ham group was being used every year at around this time. They were being used for what we, what we have is like a, what they call a bridge run. It's up here. Okay. And you might have, maybe you've heard about it. I don't know. Cause it's funny. You said you're in long Island. I'm in the same state as you, but I'm actually three hours away from you. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably. I, so went you school, probably I went to school probably seven it. hours from here. Okay. So it's, okay, it's so possible. You, 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 well, you've probably <laughs> heard of the bridge run. It's up in upstate New York here. And they just had it yesterday, actually. And okay. they, they, like you said, they use them for during the running. And yes, there's water stations that everybody's stationed at. And they hand out the water. They, Like you said, they give reports if something's wrong. I believe how, how this normally starts out is everybody has a radio at every water station. Somebody has a radio at the finish line and the start line. Mm-hmm. The... EMTs, depending on how many ambulances are used, they're given a, a walk, at least a walkie because they don't have their own, obviously. So they're given a walkie there. And like you said, it's in case things go down. So if somebody stops off at one of the water stations and says, hey, the, you know, the, the, the lady behind me or the guy behind me or the kid behind me, whatever is, sounds like they're having a hard time breathing. Maybe you might need, you know, maybe you want to mm-hmm. stop them, give them some water, but get them an EMT over here or something. There you go. Boom. The EMT hears it. They say, okay, well, where are you at? You know, they could radio and say, what water station are you at or where are you at? Boom. Next thing you know, they could be driving right there in two seconds. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, like you said, we are highly used in a lot of ways that are not just natural disasters. And it's a great thing because you don't know when you're going to be needed. And I don't, I don't know how we, this group actually got hooked up with the bridge run. I don't know how it all came to be. I really don't. But every year that they do have it, they're always asked to do the radio communications there. Mm-hmm. So that way it takes a lot of stress off the cops, uh, the any other people who are heading up the event. It doesn't put all the stress on them, which is nice. Right. So they get enough, they do get enough volunteers that come out and do it. So, yeah, it's funny. I, I just wanted to say that. It's funny because we just had this yesterday. <laughs> so, and I think the bridge run has been going for like over, God, I can't think how many years. It's been going for I don't know exactly. I'd have to look it up, but I think it's been about 10 years, maybe more. So, and, and we do get people that will come in and, and participate when they run. From what I understand, they come in from all over the world. I don't know how they hear about us, but man, right. we've, I've heard of people that have come in from like out of the country that have come people in to run. to run. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know if they're connected into some kind of like group that tells them about where I'm every, sure. They, they had the runners yeah, association. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just really funny how you got people that will come in from like, paris or spain or something and it's like what (laughs) and again we talk about you know drilling right and and Mm -hmm. being ready Mm -hmm. for and that's just an exercise of of following structure following order giving reports and and you're right though it's it's people who get involved with that maybe they don't get involved in amateur radio because they want to be on radio they want to be a part of that event and i know somebody who was a big Mm -hmm. volunteer with the new york city marathon and okay. she is a very big central point of coordination on the communication side. So when most people think about amateur radio communication for the, Long Island, uh, the New York City Marathon, her name is usually one of the first names that comes to mind for a lot of people. So it's, I don't know if she got into amateur radio and then found her way into the, Long Island, uh, the New York City Marathon or the other way around, but mm-hmm. there's people who definitely feel their calling in life by volunteering for these events. And again, it's, you know, we've got the Loyal Marathon. We've got the Gold Coast Bike Tour here. We've got uh, at, at the beach, there's a, there's a big walk. 
there's um wounded warrior run that happens out here and again you're not only like you said you free up resources from the auxiliary police department and the main police department but you serve a purpose because there's somebody like you said there's somebody on an ambulance who's a radio operator there's somebody in the tail car who's given updates there's somebody mm-hmm. who's at each water station or at each checkpoint mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. or mile mile marker thinking okay last runner came by so now exactly. you know and, and whoever is running the event who's at the the command post for the event knows what's going on on the race course because mm-hmm. they have an up to date or if they want to know something they can say hey has anybody seen runner number 1 2 oh, 3 yeah, yeah. and then yeah and that's yeah. exactly and yep. then that's what happens is whoever the coordinator is of the race they'll say hey we're we're missing somebody next thing you know then they would go whoever's ahead of the communications would then go down to each station and say hey when was the last time you saw, like you said, when was the last time you saw, say, runner 512? They would say, oh, I haven't seen that person. They go on to the next one and the next one until somebody says, hey, I saw them and they're over here sitting down. All right, yeah. there you go. Boom, now we know where they are. <laughs> exactly. That's so, exactly yeah, right. It, it's, yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I a couple of times that I, over the years that I have listened, I don't think there was any major issues. I know that there was like a couple of the stations had ran out of that actually had ran out of water and they had to go buy a couple cases somewhere nearby. But wow. <laughs> that, that if a store was open, they had to go quickly buy a couple cases and a bag of ice and throw it on some ice. But other than that, a few times that I'd listened over the years, I don't believe there was any major issues. I don't think anybody got hurt or anything, which is good, you know. And after, right. and I know after after they do actually they, they do two races in the morning. They do the short one and then they do the long one. And right. right. By the time the long one's done, it's usually about 11 and 11, 11, 30 in the morning. And after that's all done, they usually go down to um, the baseball park that's nearby and they have a cookout there waiting for them. So all the runners, everybody participates, can go have a nice little party and chill and relax and enjoy the rest of the afternoon. You know, it's pretty nice how they do that. So they really put on a good, they actually put on a good event for that. And um, a couple, well, during COVID, it had to be rescheduled. Obviously, you couldn't do nothing in person. do anything during COVID. They actually did. I don't know how they did this, but I think it was in, I want to say 2020, I think, or 2021. I'm not sure which one it was. They somehow did a virtual one. I don't know how they did it, but they did a virtual one. Okay. I have no idea how they did it, but they actually were able to pull it off somehow. Maybe they did it over Zoom or Skype or something. I have no idea. But I thought it was very strange when I heard it. I'm like, well, how are you going to do one in, <laughs> virtually? Because right, you right. you can't have nobody in person. So I'm like, I think I don't, the way I they would know. do it was they would say, just go out and run the 5K and I think that's that what would it, be, I think know. that's what it was. If I'm not mistaken, I think people right. were doing that. Okay. But if it was something else, I just found it very bizarre. But I'm like, whatever. <laughs> right, right. But then when things started when things started opening up, then they were able to go back to normal. So obviously, yeah. you know, now, last year yeah. they did it and they did it this year too. So. Yeah. Now we're full normal, you know, as of yes, a couple yes, weeks yes, ago. Yes, so. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> well, so they say. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, so we are used in many different ways that people don't know about. And we can be, you know, in a, well, I don't want to say hired, but it's technically you are hired to do, to do something in the event. You're volunteer. But, it's like the military. Yeah, but we don't get paid. But, well, we don't get right. paid for it. Right. So, I mean, because you're basically giving back to your community, which is what it's, you're supposed to do. what it is. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know what? That's what we the group here does and they get enough people involved and that's all that matters. Right. I mean, I, I, I worked a ham fest once that I was out in the parking lot directing traffic for a ham fest one year. So, I mean, I didn't mind it. I was like, cause it wasn't too far where I lived. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> Why not? Right. So yeah, it's fun. I miss, I miss going to ham fest. I don't know about you, but man, I miss them. <laughs> the, uh, you, always, you always meet some nice people, man. 
You really do. Be some characters, that's for sure. So yeah, yeah. Some 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 dieharders are like, oh, oh yeah. I've been doing this for seventy years. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> and there's definitely some staples too. I mean, we recently lost somebody like this week that was a huge staple at, at many of the ham fests, and uh, even within the last couple of years, we lost a lot of guys. But again, it's it's kind of like the yeah. um, you know the difference in who's active and and who who makes it part of their life and whatnot as well. It's yeah. different as far as the age groups go. But I think you hit the nail on the head too, where it's given back to your community. So some people volunteer oh, yeah. as a firefighter, or they, mm-hmm. they, they, whatever it is they do. But uh, amateur radio is more than just people getting on the air and complaining mm-hmm. about exactly. that their wife exactly. is making their go here and the kids are driving them up, you know, nuts, <laughs> and they're stuck in traffic oh, on the way to work. Oh, I've heard some doozies on the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's some of those, but the dog there's also stuck a out lot of. Snow. What's that? I said, "Oh, the dog is stuck out in the snow." I've heard those ones before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, it was, it was. There's a coffee net that that meets really early in the mornings, and it's it's tied into a local repeater, and, and uh, they have these really crazy questions on the morning as a kind of a um, one of those uh, conversation starters, right? Okay, okay. And one of them was, "Can you still touch your toes?" So everybody who <laughs> checked into the net had to answer as to whether or not they could still touch their toes. Oh dear so, God! <laughs> you know, of course, you get the one guy. Can I touch your toes? You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. But um, but yeah. It's, well, hey, you gotta have a sense of humor when you're on ham radio. I gotta it, say that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's <laughs> one you, of these. If you uh, don't, there's something wrong. <laughs> right, right. So it's you know we used to always joke around too, saying, well, you know, yeah. we don't even know it's time for your weekly shower, you know, because that's that's the kind of the reports you get too. It's Sunday night, I got a oh, shower. You know, it's oh, gotta, good lord. Oh, good but, lord. Um, um, let me let me ask you: Do you ever use Echo Link? I had used Echolink. I've used did it. Did you like? Did you like it or hate it? You know what? It's one of those things that I, I, I couldn't get into it. I understand the the purpose uh, of it, right? I understand yeah. Echolink was, and I see it in different ways, right? So when I was getting or trying out the different modes, to me, Echolink was a great way to link repeaters together. Come in on RF, mm-hmm. go out on yeah. RF. In yeah, the medium, yeah. right? It's the wormhole. Yeah. And the wormhole yeah, doesn't matter where it comes from. It could be an RF link, it could be a wired link, it could be a telco link, whatever it is. What I had a problem with was when you'd sit down in front of your computer and put on a pair of headphones and jump on the Echo link, and the guy on the other end was doing the exact same thing. And I said, well, how is this any different? This is not amateur radio anymore. This is just internet chat with your voice. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, true, I guess. But I think it was because of the, like in my situation, I think it was the fact that it made it really simpler for people who, like earlier we were saying, that want to talk the world. This made, right. this made it legal and easier for people to do. Right, in right. A, in a sense. And that's why I took advantage of it. And I still, I mean, I haven't used it in a long time, but I do mm-hmm. have it on my phone and I have it on my laptop too. But I think that's why a lot of people do still to this day use it is for that advantage. They look at it and go, well, if I can go on Echolink and I can go talk to Alaska or I can go talk to Hawaii or I can talk to Australia, I just got to go on here and boom, I'm connected in two seconds. Mm-hmm. And hey, I've done it. I've shot. I don't want to say, I don't know if you want to call it shoot and skip, but I did it on there shooting all the way to Australia. I made it over right. there on Echolink and it was great. I had a great right. time talking and to a couple that's, of people. That's the difference, it was right? awesome. You're still coming out on RF at the at the end, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, when yeah. you were, was was when you were just sitting there and stuck on on an internet link on both ends. To me, but again, you get a lot of guys who complain about other modes of, of communications, right? Or they, they mm-hmm. oh, FT8's ruining the hobby, or or this isn't real amateur radio, right? And, yeah, I hear um, you. I hear you. So it's just it was my point of view on that. So today yeah. it's like, you know, they've got. IRLP, which was again 
it, it came around the same time as Echolink as a as a way of linking repeaters. And it's no real, yeah, I don't know yeah. if there's any real way to actually get onto IRLP unless you're coming through a repeater system or an RF path. Mm. But then you've got you know you've got All Star Link now, which uses it's based on Ashtrick, right? Which is a, a voice over IP phone system. And oh, then I've heard, got, okay, yeah, I've, the, I've heard the, of that. I've never used it, but I've heard of it. Okay, and then you've got like the Hamshack Hotline, which uses again an Ashtrick server on a desk phone to mm-hmm. call other hams, but then it patches you into other things as well. So hmm. again, it's hams are very resourceful and it's it's a yeah. great way to kind of, again, get into, you know, get somebody into it, right? right? For you, it was, it was a, an interesting path into talking to somebody by using your computer because if you're into gaming or you're into that kind of stuff, that's what's very familiar to you. So that's yeah. what you're comfortable doing. And if that gets you onto radio, I'm all for it because it's oh yeah, same here, same here. There. Oh, you same know? here. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and again, I'm, can, I, I actually like the tool that they have it because, it, like I said, it's nice to branch out maybe across mm-hmm. America to where you wouldn't be able to hit the skip land, so to speak, and you can right. do that, get into that, and then like reach over to California or something if you have mm-hmm. family over there or something, or reach over to wherever you wanted to. Like I said, going to Alaska or Canada or something. I, I thought that was just like the cat's meow, so to speak, because I was right. like, wow, I can actually just get on and talk anywhere on a repeater. It's anywhere. I'm like, this is great. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. And it only makes some good contacts. And and a lot of people say it's all about the contacts. It's all about the contacts. If you can make tons of, con- you know, and it's like, well, by doing it on there, I can make a, a boatload of contacts, right. so to speak. Yeah. And you and I did. I mean, I've hit Hawaii a couple of times on there with no problem. Was talking to a guy down there, Australia. I think it was Sydney, Australia. I talked to somebody over there and. Yeah, but again, I haven't been on it in so long because, like I said, sometimes I just forget about it, and right. I know it's there. But you know, <laughs> you move on to other things that occupy yeah, your mind. That's exactly what yeah, happens. Well, yeah. you know, life life kind of takes over sometimes, and you just got to put it on the back burner. You know, right, right. But uh, I mean, even even think about like today's technology, right? I mean, we have. Mm-hmm. I, I like to use DMR for my digital modes. And okay, yeah, I'm not too familiar with that too much. I mean, I've seen, I've seen it. I get my uh, radio, my ham radio outlet catalogs, and I right. see them always talking about the new DMR mobiles and handhelds <laughs> and blah blah blah. And I'm like, and so I've heard of it, don't know much about it, haven't had time to really study it up. But I mean, I understand it's a new thing that's on ham radio now, and not not really too new, but it it follows no. the same, you know, it's DMR technology. But, but the back end is again, it uses conventional frequencies with talk groups, and it routes its way yeah. through the internet to to bridge links together. So on on our end, we have the two way radio. Of, yeah, I know. Of. I got mine. Got mine upstairs too. <laughs> we just got the new one for the summer. <laughs> yep, yep. I know. I've already been uh, looking through it, but yeah, I haven't. I, I I should look through it. I just got it like a couple of days ago, and I'm like, hmm, okay. oh, another one. Cool. Yep. Yeah, they're good people. They're good people. Oh, I, have yeah. I just bought something from them too, not too long ago. But nice, uh, nice. You get something like this, and this is um, uh, an MMDVM hotspot, basically. So oh, okay. it's it's basically a small little Raspberry. It's a Raspberry Zero based unit with a. Why, why does that sound too familiar? I heard of something like that. Where did I hear these, about these that? These are recently? all like knockoff units, so you can find. No, I heard. I heard, no, I heard for, the. I've heard the thing about what you're saying. You're, the the name Raspberry. I've heard it somewhere. Oh, raspberry but I can't Pi. Think, yeah, it's it's. Yeah, a, but um, I can't. Where have I heard that? I can't remember. All over the place. Yeah, they're, Prob- they are probably. Um, yeah, they're they're <laughs> Linux based low power computers that were basically built for educational purposes. But a lot of people have repurposed them to do a whole ton of other things. I think I know now. One of the guys I follow on Twitter, I think he was talking about it one day. Okay. I think that's where I heard it from. Him and somebody else were BSing about it. And 
I was like, what? And yeah, I was reading they, their tweets around. and stuff. And it was, it was kind of interesting what they were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used to run one to do a, uh, a local NAS server. I used to use one for a uh, weather server. I'm using one now to monitor a- uh, aviation. So the ADSB oh, uh, okay. beacons, it feeds that out to the internet. And Very they're low cool. power. So they run off of a little uh, phone charger transformer. It's, you know, the mm-hmm. five volts with the two amps. And that's that's really it. All right, we're going to take a quick break right now with this conversation that Tom and I are having to remind you that as a Patreon supporter, you will not get this upcoming break. You can help support the podcast by going to scannerschool.com slash Patreon. For everybody else, we'll catch you all in just a second. Chances are pretty good that you shop online and buy things online. So whether it's Amazon or eBay or Scanner Master, maybe you got a new radio and you're going to buy new software from Butel. You can help support the podcast with your online purchases. If you use our support page before buying things online, you can support our show without it costing you a single cent. So before you buy your groceries, your golf balls, your socks, or maybe a new radio, software, or whatever it is. We would love it if you could use our affiliate links before you make that purchase. And this will help support the show at no additional cost to you. Go to scannerschool.com support to find out how you can help us out. Thanks again. Do you feel lost when it comes to the scanner hobby? Are you looking for someone to answer your questions? Do you have a new radio and you need help understanding how it works? Or are you working on a big project and need somebody to bounce ideas off of? Do you need a little bit more personal assistance than what you can get from an online community? And are you looking for somebody to dedicate their attention and their time to helping you out when it comes to getting you unstuck with whatever it is that you are struggling with when it comes to the scanner radio hobby? I'm here to do just that. See, you can book me for a session right now where I'll sit on Zoom and do a video or a screen share with you just as if I am sitting across the table and helping you out. You can book your tutoring session right now by going to scannerschool.com tutoring. I can't wait to help you out. Unication's G2 to G5 pages are great additions to your radio collection. Not only can they alert you with two-tone pager activations, but they can also monitor your local P25 simulcast systems that many scanner radios have problems receiving. And of course, many of our scanner school listeners are happily using their Unication pagers to scan their local trunk systems. How do I know? Because they've reached out to tell me. My company, East Coast Pagers, is an authorized Unication, Swiss phone, and Apollo pager dealer. We not only support departments and agencies, but also the home hobby user as well. Find us online at eastcoastpagers.com. So the uh, MMDVM is based off of Raspberry Pi Zero main board. And then yeah. you've got the RF board that sits on top of it as a door, daughter board. And mm-hmm. tying into like we were talking about with the Echolink. So I'm, I'm using a handheld radio to key RF across my desk into the MMDVM, which is mm-hmm. now connected to the internet over Wi-Fi which goes out mm-hmm. to the gateway, which goes into a community chat room, basically. And on the other end, somebody is also in their basement with an MMDVM, or people actually take these things and they bring them with them and they bridge the Wi-Fi on their phone so they can drive with a hotspot in their car. Mm-hmm. And even though they're on RF, they're still on the internet. So the only difference <laughs> between this and is the fact that I'm using a an HT that's going to a micro-watt, milliwatt transmitter that's not too far from me. I got gotcha. you. So, but it, it's again, the same deal. You can pop out anywhere you want, basically, or listen to anything you want to listen to. 
And you can jump on to, if you go to brandmeister.network, which is the mm. website, you can actually pick the talk groups on their website and stream them. And hmm. you can daisy chain a couple of them together and hear what's going on. So if it's a quiet day here and I don't like, you know, really fire up a radio, I can fire up brandmeister.network and yeah. I can punch in the worldwide server and I can listen to what's going on on, on there. Yeah. I've heard some special event stations operating on DMR by just tuning around. And in fact, one of our um, our, our podcast listeners, Ken, K, uh, I'm sorry, N4VKF, he runs on another DMR system, which is called TGIF. Every other Thursday night, he runs what's called the Scanner Junkies Net. So a okay. couple guys check in on amateur radio and they talk about uh, about scanner radios. So oh, he's okay. trying to keep that one going. And he's got that one bridged in not only through his DMR hotspot, but he bridges that into an all-star node, which then goes out to the all-star network, which allows you to come in on an analog. So you don't even need DMR, but you need a local all-star repeater in your area that you can patch into and redirect over to his all-star node. And then you can have the scanner junkies net on your local repeater. Gotcha. So it's, it's really weird the way things are now bridging together and yeah. they're made now for cross-platform operations. So for example, too, I can take my D uh, my M N M M D V M hotspot mm-hmm. and I can come in on DMR and I can go out onto a D star reflector or a yesu fusion group or um again analog somewhere else on the other end i guess if it was tied into an all-star node so a lot of these nodes are also connected together interconnected together on the back end as well so you might come in on dmr and go into a dmr talk group but a d star reflector is also tied in on there and then a yesu fusion is tied in so everybody can be talking mobile on their own technology but on the back end they're all talking together and they're all going back out on that technology so it becomes very amateur radio like where it's intercommunication being prepared everything is being everything's inter interoperable or i guess you could say in a way Mm -hmm. but it also also can all stand alone on its own should the network ever unplug okay interesting i didn't know uh, that but yeah so if you have uh regular internet access and you want to jump onto uh, brandmeister.network you can just at least take a listen and it sounds again a little digital digital but for the most part it's the same thing it's down to radio it's, it's people making contacts or they're talking yeah a lot of radio checks but i like listening to it too because you'll get one guy in countries that are far away or countries you don't even know where they are type of deal you haven't heard of in a while and what's really cool about it is you can download the call book into your radio so when these oh, wow. guys are keying up, you can see their call sign display on your HT. And then when the next guy calls, hmm. you get his name and his call sign on your radio. So you update it maybe wow. once a month or every couple of weeks. And you've got so, – so you're not really figuring out who it is because you because what happens is when you go on to a digital mode, not D-Star, but something that requires you to have a radio ID like P25, NXDN, or, or DMR, it's assigned to you. Yeah. So that radio ID never leaves you now. So oh, you have that's that crazy. whole huh. call database of, of radio IDs. So that's crazy. I didn't yeah, know that. It makes huh. it makes it really interesting to get into. So, but uh, interesting, very the interesting. Is definitely out there for you to communicate with as yeah. a technician class. So there's really, unless you want to get into the actual RF side of of global communication, you don't really have to upgrade into general or extra or feel True. like general or extra is is uh going to hold you back or something like that from mm-hmm. having fun so 
there's, there's it's funny how you, a way to do it. It's funny how you said like, you know, things have changed over the years. It's like in the sense of talking about scanners and stuff, which, you know, we can go into that now if you want. And it's, it's amazing how say from the 1980s all the way up till now, how the manufacturing of old scanners that required those little bitty crystals oh, yeah. per frequency to put into your unit up to now where it's just a keystroke on the pad, on the pad and boom, you got 100 channels, 200 channels, 5,000 channels, whatever, you know. And you have an entire global database now. It, it, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy how that's been. I mean, I, for me, I'm sure you're probably curious. For me, it started out... I got to think, I think the very first handheld scanner I think I ever had, it was some, yes, somebody gave me, it was a two channel. It was, oddly enough, it was a Radio Radio Shack Realistic. It was that small black two channel crystal unit. Do you remember that one? No. no. I think it came out in like 90, it was in the 90s it came out. Okay. It was like, I think they sold them for like 60 bucks or something. I don't know. Anyways, it was a two channel VHF, UHF handheld scanner and um it took the crystals and somebody gave it to me and it had like i think our local fire and police were in it or something if i remember right and i thought that was like the coolest thing i'm like all right cool i can hear all these calls and everything and then it slowly kind of built it up to other things and i was like no nah, i want something more better you know and right i got in. i got into a desk i think for christmas one year my mom got me a desktop scanner of all places, she bought it at a drugstore. They were selling them at a drugstore. Go figure. You used to go buy them at Sears, and it would say Sears it, on it. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, this was this was this was a unit in. I remember it was sold at a local a local drugstore, and I want to say it was it was the bear. It was a bear cat. I know that. I want to say it was the one one forty six or the one forty seven XLT. I think is what it was. It was only sixteen channels. I remember that. Okay. And it was a base one, and that thing you couldn't kill it. It was built like a tank. That thing it was. I'm not saying I tried to drop it or throw it around the room or anything. Right. You weren't swinging saying, it around by its cord, no, no, right? <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm just saying, like, it took a beat and then it kept going, you know? Right. And I I think then eventually I think I sold it to one job I worked at. My manager wanted a, a base scanner. I think I ended up selling it to him because I wanted something better. And then I remember getting uh, the unit in BC 200 XLT, the only old 200 channel. I remember getting that one for Christmas one year too, or my birthday or something. Right. And then that I wanted that one was because I was taking it to the local racetracks to listen to okay. the the race car drivers, not 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 NASCAR because we don't have any NASCAR tracks that are close near here, so that I could just drive right down the road to. I mean, Watkins Glen's not far, but eh, right. I don't really care about that place. <laughs> not to discourage anybody who likes Watkins Glen out there that might be watching this, but I'm just saying that was not my, my that's not my cup of tea. But anyways, the local local tracks, like the dirt tracks, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the local asphalt tracks. Some of the drivers had their own radios in their cars, and I knew the frequent. I found out the frequencies, and I was able, you know, so I would take that to the tracks, listen to them, listen to the track officials and everything. So I needed those extra channels and everything, and it, I still have my. Well, it's in the other room, but I still have my BC two hundred in it, still kicking like a mule. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, I, those, uh, and those ones were built like a tank too. You you could drop them several times and they'd keep going. You, it seems they, like they, it, anyways. It seems like the batteries would break before the radio would break. But well, uh, pro- yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or the batteries would die before the radio would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, uh, but, I still have the old double uh, A adapter for that. You know, that was it oh, was the really? shell, and you you, you break it. Yeah, in yeah, half, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I back up again. Yeah. Oh man, oh. I think I I had that for. Oh man, what was that for? That wasn't for. 
No, that was for a two-way radio. That was for like a VHF two-way radio that I had that for. Yeah, you popped it out and put the you put alkalines in it. Yeah, I remember yeah. that, dude. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I was some to, crazy stuff back we then. We do those battery packs all the time though, because they wouldn't they would they wouldn't last. And now you can't use the radio yeah. without it. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's we talked with um, Les Stevenson not too long ago too. He's up in Canada and and he was scanning for about sixty years now. And wow. He. I mean, he was telling stories how, you know, the, the radios, basically how they worked in the firehouse and you mm-hmm. know, how his first radio was. And then he got something that was, you know, crystal controlled and synthesized. And then, then it was alpha tags, then it was PL codes, and then it was trunking <laughs> and then it's digital, uh-huh. you know, and, uh-huh. and just to go through the whole, like the amount it's of crazy. different changes in technology this guy has witnessed in 60 years is unbelievable it's, oh, it, oh it's amazing it's yeah. got to be to him it's probably mind-boggling <laughs> well, as i'm saying anyway when i was talking it's like how what would teenager you a 20 year old you think about what it is you're using today mm-hmm, exactly monitor, color display yeah. with with words on the screen with trunking and digital and all this other nonsense and mm-hmm, you were just mm-hmm. happy to have something that like worked off a car battery that you could put in a shopping exactly. cart, you know what I mean? Yeah, basically. That's- yeah, basically. <laughs> but then it got to where for me, then it got to where a friend of mine, he was a member of a fire fire company. Mm-hmm. And uh I kind of was like, Well, it's kinda hard to carry around a scanner, you know, if I only want to listen to like say a certain thing. And where I, I work in retail and it's you know, it's kinda hard to carry something like that around because it's bulky and it's kinda on your side and stuff. And uh, I was like, well, can you, I says, well, with those pages, those Motorola pagers you have, I go, anybody can buy those, right? Or anybody can get those. He goes, yeah, anybody can get them. And I was like, all right. So I went on, I, I would go on eBay and I actually, you know, whatever, I purchased a couple on there. And actually there's one I take to work with me that's got, I programmed it personally myself because I've got a, the software on my laptop and I, the Motorola software. And I've got the, um, the cradle that you set it in. So I can program the pager to any frequency I want, any PL right, tone, right. whatever. And uh, so I bought it and I set it to the frequency and then I put in some of the fire companies and uh, it, the one I got, it's the miniature five. Okay. And I take that to work with me. And I'll tell you what, man, a couple of times that's gone off at work. It freaks out people that I work with. Cause they're like, what the hell is that? What's that? Yeah. And I'm like, it's just me. I'm like, it's just me. Don't worry about it. Cause right, I have right. to, I, le- I leave it on alert, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when I know what station they're calling, I'll be like, Oh, that's over in blah, blah, blah town or whatever. Don't worry. We ain't got to worry. I'm like, Oh, okay. Right. So the guy, so that's funny. The guy I work with at the store, every time he goes off, he goes, Oh, they're starting early today. Aren't they <laughs> <laughs> with the calls? And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. Yep. And uh, it was funny the other day we were working and it went off and he goes, and I said, Oh, that's right up here. And he goes, it is. He goes, where? I said, that's right off the highway. He goes, no kidding. And, and it was a call that a car flipped off the highway flipped on its roof and somehow landed it landed into the river oh wow don't know how it happened and i saw it on the news later that night and i have (laughs) still dumbfounded as to how it happened i I don't know how but so we had we heard we had we had heard the call come out and we started laughing we're like how is that possible and he says that's right up the road here right i said yeah it's right up there the next town he goes unbelievable (laughs) yeah so so now i take that to work with me all the time because i just like hearing the calls because i never know if it's something that I need to pertain to, to, you know, so if I leave work, I need to know like, okay, do I got to find an alternative right, to, to avoid you know? an area? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, but it's also just nice to know what's going around in the surroundings of where I work too, because in case I need to tell my manager about something and be like, yo, uh, there's going to be some roads shut down. So customers may not be coming in or right. whatever, you know, I mean, I'm sure they would appreciate that to know yeah, or something. Or if there's something cr- to know. 
<laughs> yeah. Or if there's just something crazy going on down the road, they might want to know, but, yep. but uh, yeah, so I kind of upgraded to those eventually. So I still have my, my miniature five. I, I still got my scanners, mm-hmm. my ham radio, of course, that I have back here. I can put in a couple of the couple things in there. If I want to monitor and just go to those channels, I can go do, do that too. So it's nice. So I don't always have to have a scanner on, but still I do monitor stuff here and there. So I'm just trying to think, Oh, uh, beside all oh, 10 meter wise, I know we were talking about that earlier. I do actually use a 2950 I use in the background, the old RCI. Okay. And for, for 10 meter. And uh, I haven't, haven't, uh, well, I'm heading, well, I moved from one place to, to where I was living before. And actually, it's on in the background. Uh, I have it on, but it's not really cranked up, so you can't hear it. But <laughs> that's why I keep looking over because I'm just looking to see. But it's a good radio. I mean, bought it cheap off somebody, and there was nothing wrong with it. And over the years, I have had it on a on an amp, like kind of like an Amtron 99 type antenna, and made okay. some good contact. I had really good contacts with it on the 10 meter. Nice. Uh, and it it pulls in good signals. I mean, I've always and liked 10 those meters radios. can be very fun. You know? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I've I've pulled in some good signals on that, and I I know some for some reason some people I talk to they're like oh Ranger radios. Uh, I'm like what? And I'm like. Ugh. There's nothing wrong with them, and I don't know. Some people have mixed opinions. It's just like the the Galaxy Saturn or the Galaxy Turbo radios. Everybody's got mixed opinions about those, and I'm like, I have nothing to say bad about them. They work, they work. Leave them alone. Right. Like I said if it gets you on the air, and again too, yeah, ready, you know, bad mass bad pump, including me if included, right? But for thirty five dollars, it gets you on the air. I'm all for yeah. it. Let it get you on the speaking, air. Speaking of that, that's what I use for my handheld. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and it works. They work good. Yep. I yep. mean, I I can't complain. Right. It's, it's, so, it's a probably the most sold you know radio in uh, in existence at this point. You know, I would think so. Yeah, well, you can get them on you can get every model on Amazon. You can get them yeah. on eBay. You can get them everywhere. Exactly. And, and honestly, they're so cheap. How many do you have? Too right. I, well, I, well, I mean, I've got multiple. <laughs> I know? think I have the first one I bought was the UV five R. I think was the yeah, first that's one. The big I, one. Does that, that sound right? Has. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the first one I ever got, and then I upgraded. I don't know if it was a good choice because I don't know, but I upgraded to the the nine. I think was the one I went up to. Okay, it's the bigger one. The one with the bigger yeah, battery. Well, on it looks, it. Yeah, well, it almost looks more like professional. It almost right. kind of looks like a Motorola if you look at it. Almost at least that's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of like of a certain Motorola brand. Okay, and it. I mean, it receives fine. It transmits all right. I got a you know lapel microphone on it and everything. So, I mean, I upgraded to that thinking that maybe it was more powerful. But then when I watched a review on on YouTube about a video about it, the guy claimed to say that it wasn't really putting out the full power that it should be. And it's not holding up to its standard or something. I don't know. Gotcha. Like you said, if it gets you on the air and it transmits into a repeater or you can do. uh, uh, If it legally gets you on the air. (laughs) Or or if it can directly um, from point to point. Right. To without using a repeater, you can just do a direct link to, or direct to somebody if, it, if you're able to talk to them like that, you know, then so be it, you know. Right. But and there's people out there who are screaming right now saying spurious submissions and it's messy. And, but it's a $35 radio, you know. But that's what I'm saying. Everybody's got their opinions about yeah. the, and whatever it is. I mean, I know yeah. Kenwood's, a, Kenwood's a good brand name. I am not going to knock any radio that's out there. I mean, I know people who use Kenwood's. I know people who use Yesu's. They use mm-hmm. Icoms. They use. You know, whatever they can get their hands on yep. it and modify it, whatever. You know, exactly. it is what it is. I mean, yep. if you if it, if it's going to work, it's going to work. You know. Then yep. you got the guys that want the eight thousand dollar APX, whatever it is, and that's I all they want. See, to use, well, so. Listen, listen, I can't do that. I can't do that. I I ain't taking out no loan for. <laughs> no, no, exactly. You know, <laughs> I'm not. You know, 
I, I saw one time there was a ham radio, no lie. And, and I don't know how big it was, but the, I swear the price tag on it, I, I hope it was a joke. I don't think it was, but I saw a price tag on it, brand new in the box. It said it was like 50 grand. Jeez. I said, I said, what is somebody remortgaging their house to get this? <laughs> yeah, somebody's got to have it, it though. <laughs> and it, and it, it was a Kenwood. It was a, it was a huge, big monster Kenwood. It could do like zero kilohertz all the way up to satellite. Oh, I'm I guess. sure. I'm sure it was one of the and, 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 joke things. And, yeah. and everything in between. But right. I swear that it was in a catalog and I saw it somewhere and the price tag was like, outrageous and i yeah. said geez that's that's like a choice do i buy a new car or do i get this i think i'll buy a new car you know <laughs> yeah exactly so but i mean I, I do know like i do understand and i do know there are some radios out there that, that can be very pricey i mean again in our in our uh ham radio outlet catalog we can see them in there there's some there are two grand four grand yeah. five grand yeah. six grand i just don't, you know i just can't see dropping that much for one i but just you know I, what, like though, you said there's, some there's people, people like out it. there that are yeah, just oh yeah it's, oh yeah it's the hobby and that's what they would do but again they Listen, might have another all, radio that costs much money. Yeah. They're going to sell, and they're going to turn the funds and, and, over and to that's, that. So. Listen, listen. if you're going to sell and, and put put that money, and then you're paying the difference for a new one, okay, I totally understand that. Right, makes sense because you're not then coughing up the full amount. But if you're keeping whatever you got, and you just want to add that, and you're and, it, and like you said, some people it, it don't kill them. Oh, that's six grand plus. Okay, fine, no big deal. All right, well then you. <laughs> Right. More power to you, but I exactly. can't do that. <laughs> the exactly. average American, let's say, can't do that. <laughs> yep, yep. But it's uh, very let's, difficult. Let's let's go back and again before okay. we close out. I want to make sure we touch base on on the sure. American Red Cross drill that you guys are doing because I've oh, participated sure, sure. in a few of those before, and those are very interesting. And so the drill you did was more of a disaster drill where yeah, uh, yeah. we were under attack, and I've done them where it's been weather event drills where. You've got damage in the community. You've got flooding. You've got people okay. who are hurt and checked into shelters. And again, it's still the same kind of drill. The, the, yeah, the exactly. script is a little bit different, but yeah. in the end, the Red Cross is going to operate the same way. You as an amateur radio operator is going to operate the same way. So take me through what it was with the drill from like start <laughs> to finish. What did you guys? Oh. What was? What did you guys do with the drill? Oh, my, my, mine that I had to do on the air was morbid. I, I, I swear these people were nuts that wrote up these cue sheets, but it was more, I felt, I felt after I got done broadcasting, I felt like I, I was, it was a morbid thing for me to do. I was like, really? I'm like, I get this one. <laughs> I, I can take you through the day. It was our, mine and the other guy that I was with that drove me up there. Ours didn't happen until much later in the afternoon. Okay. So we didn't, we went up there in the morning, we scouted out, helped set up. And then they were like, well, your stuff's not going to be till the afternoon. They're like, if you want to go take off and go do something, come back, you know, you're more than welcome to. So we're like, all right, all right. So we went up to the next town over and I guess there was a, like a, like a, I don't know what the heck you want to call it. Some kind of food stand open that would sell like fruits and vegetables, whatever on somebody's property that a lot of people go to. And he's like, well, you know, let's go check that out. I got to go get the bag of this. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, let's go. So we went up there. Killed some time, did that. Then we went back to the, then we went from there back and they were still, other stations were still doing their thing. And uh, then I think it got to be like lunchtime. So we had lunch. And then when some of my guys in my group started doing our thing, you know, they would jump on and they would start whatever the script was that they had to read, they'd read it and do it. And then they'd move on to the next station. Okay. You know, now it's your turn or what, or they would take a break five minutes later. It's your turn at the next station, whatever. They did it like that. But mine was the reason I say it was morbid was because mine, I remember I was relaying, mine was I had to relay a message to headquarters or whatever, the command center. And it was the fact that I had to relay a message to people that were there 
that their loved ones died inside oh. a burning building. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> or, or, it was something morbid like that. And I'm just like, really? I go, why did I get stuck with this? I'm thinking, <laughs> really? I mean, thank God it wasn't real, you know, but right. it was like, it was just the way it was written. It was so morbidly twisted. And, and I'm like, I had to read it word for word. And I'm like, oh God, why, why me? So when I got done, the guy replayed, replayed it back and he said, okay, I understand. He goes, you're saying that you have a, he goes, let me get this straight. You're replaying, replying that you have a person's loved ones that have died in this, whatever the situation was. Mm-hmm. And I said, yes. And I said, uh, rela- relaying a message that they're, I don't know who it was, like an, a relative. That's all I'll say. I don't even know who it was. I said that, yes, they have perished. And I said, they, the one that, the one that's still with them wants to pass the message along to the other people that are there with you. That is their family that, that escaped or whatever, got out safe, whatever. Here's the, <laughs> the whole thing just was like so orbally morbid. And I was like, oh my God. All well, these other guys had, yeah. well, all these other guys had messages. Oh, please send food and water. Or another message was, we need more blankets and cots. And I'm like, I get the morbid one. I'm like, really? <laughs> and it wasn't like I was able to pick. It was just how it went it was, down. It was and, handed to you, right? Well, it was just however, I, I, don't even, I don't even know who coordinated that. I can't remember. But it was just however it went down the line that's what you were to do. And it was like, I'm like, guys, really? You couldn't give me a good one. <laughs> you guys so, take it a little I, bit too seriously up there. See down here, they I, do it. I, I mean, like- I, I mean, I laugh about it because I mean, thank God it wasn't real, but I mean, if it was really real, I mean, I don't even still, I would kind of find it very difficult to announce that, that I have to tell somebody that their parents or somebody's dead. I mean, right. it's like, good God, how do you do that over the air without like, it affecting nah. you, you know? Right. But either right. way, after all that was done, and I think, I don't know if I was, no, I wasn't the last one because there was one more guy in the group that had to do his. And then wow. after we were done, they knew we were, the headquarters knew we were done and they said, okay, station, whatever, you guys can tear down. You're good. They said, thank you for your cooperation. Thank you for participating, blah, blah, blah. And that was it. And we saw, we all signed off and they said, I'll have a good day. And then they had to move on to the next station that was still going or whatever. I think all together, if I'm not mistaken, I think we had four or five, maybe different points of stations around. Like, and and it was, I think it was all within the county. I don't think it was outside the county, if I remember, but I could be, I could be wrong, but all together, I think we had like four or five different areas and our area was actually at a local high school, but it was, we couldn't go in the school because they wouldn't allow nobody in, which is fine. Right. But they said, you can pull, you can set up in the parking lot out back. So we did, and we were able to, to uh, get an extension cord so they could run wire from a janitor was there or something or whatever. And he, he knew, we, I guess they knew we, we were going to be there or something on the pr- premises. So they were allowed to give us an extension cord to run inside the building so we could get some power if we needed it to charge up stuff or run, just run power or whatever. So it was nice, they, you know, and then at one point, I guess the one janitor was actually nice enough to let us inside into one of the downstairs rooms or something. Because it, it was it was kind of, I think when we did this, I, I want to say, I think it was, it wasn't quite spring yet. So it was like probably like late February, maybe early March. So it was still kind of a bite in the air. It was kind of still a little mm-hmm. chilly. And uh, they um, let us go inside, warm up, whatever, chill, hang out, whatever. But like I said, it was a fun day. Uh, we all had fun. We enjoyed ourselves. And we did. I mean, I thought we were supposed each individual people like of us. I don't know about your group, but with us, I thought we were supposed to maybe get like an individual certificate from the Red Cross saying, stating that they knew we participated and when they knew we we did what we did. And we didn't get anything. And I was kind of a little disappointed by that. But we did. I mean, as the group, though, 
I guess the whole group got recognized by them. But it was like still kind of like, well, shouldn't individually we get something? I mean, just just to say we did something, I, I kind of thought, right. but I was a little, I was a little kind of perplexed by that. You know, I was like, hmm, you know, I took time out of my day to come up here. And yeah, I wanted to do it just to learn, but I thought we, when it, when they said Red Cross, I thought, oh, the Red Cross was going to be there with us and coach us or do something or whatever. Right. But then when it was all said and done, it was like, we didn't really get no certificates or anything. And I, I kind of was a little, like I said, a little perplexed. I thought, hmm, this is a little strange, but it, it was, again, I took it as like it was a fun thing to do. I enjoyed myself. The guys I was with, we had a, we had a blast. You know, don't get me wrong. So we all had fun. I mean, I don't think we all left there till about three or four in the afternoon because it was wow. we stuck. We got there about ten or eleven. Yeah, but like I said, everybody had their individual times. You know, so gotcha. it went all day. Pretty, it was pretty much an all day though, thing. Because but then by here, it's kind of like you show up in the morning, you're done by noon. And lately, they've been saying you can do it from home. That's how they've been operating here. You can, you know, you, you check in the morning, you do it from home, and you're done. Yeah. And in, in, in 20 minutes and that's the whole drill well like i said back at that time it was they had four three or four maybe five different locations that were set up around the county so like i said so i mean we could have been we could have been group a and they yeah. you know there was group a b c d or something i don't remember how they did it. or one two three four i don't know how they did it but anyways whatever group we were you went in that order and then you would just go down the list as to who's next to, to broadcast and i think they had to have it where you had to have four or five members of each group. So like, okay. I know what I, the, the people I was with that we had, we had four of us. So that I do remember. So some spots might've had four or five. That's why I said it was kind of like an all day affair. It seemed like, gotcha. even though, yeah, the, the messages were short, but it was, it would still take time to do because you had to make sure you were enunciating correctly. You had to make sure mm -hmm. that you weren't talking too fast. You weren't over embellishing or anything because you had to make sure that, what was being said was 100% accurate. And if they didn't understand, they'd come back and say, I only got part of that, or I'm not right. sure what you're saying. Can you slow down? You know, there was, and there were some guys that were kind of talking like they were normally talking on a radio at home. And they're like, no, you got to kind of slow it down. <laughs> right, right. Because they weren't, they're not, you know, again, so it was a training thing. And like you said, you get, ex you know, you get some kind of experience out of it. You get, it's just, fun. It, was, it was fun to do. I mean, I would do it again if we had it up here, but we haven't done it in years, so I don't know if they mm -hmm. would ever do it again. Normally, but. they do um, the set drill happens once a year. That's what they do down yeah. here. They tie in with the Red Cross as part of the set drill. So okay. they knock out two drills with one with one drill, basically. But uh, uh, yeah, it's, it sounds like, you know, I mean, everybody does it differently. That's the thing, right? Our, our yeah. Does well, again, and again, well, and again, this was like back, I think, in 2008 or nine. So you're talking a long time ago where maybe that's the how that particular way they were doing it maybe that's how they were doing it 20 years prior to that i don't know we don't know but right. i mean that was a whole different time frame too you know so like you said now it's different where they might say oh uh, get on zoom or something and, uh we're gonna have you read a script and boom you're done <laughs> again you get you know? leadership changes too and one guy wants to do yeah. it his way one guy wants to do it a different way somebody doesn't like the way this one was done so it all it could all change that way yeah. as well so but in the end you know like you said you're out there drilling you're out there listening yeah and, and communicating and and again it's a learning experience for you it gives you something to do and it's so rewarding even though you, you didn't get the certificate for the wall you still got that i did something i was a part of this yeah. oh and, don't get me wrong um, i loved it yeah yeah exactly and yeah. um even listening to it on the radio it's it's one of these things that you listen to it and you understand what's happening so when a disaster does happen you know what to expect and what will actually be happening out there and everything else so yeah and, and the uh, funny thing about that was is that they had <laughs> they before we even started anything all that when this was going all day 
they had to do a uh, disclaimer on the radio. Mm-hmm. They actually had to let anybody know that was listening throughout the day. They had to say say a disclaimer and then let them right. know that if so that they weren't calling the cops and freaking out. You know, yeah. it'd be like, oh my god, there's the something worlds, burning right. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were yeah. like, you know, we they had several times it had to be addressed by the command center that. This Please, drill, if yeah. anybody's hearing this, this is not real. This is a mock. This is if we were ever to experience this type of thing, you know. So the 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 events you are hearing today are not real. They are a fixation of what could happen in the future. So right. we don't want you to call the fire department. We don't want you calling the cops or saying that somebody's really literally falling down stairs. You know, right, something. right. Yeah, we we would so, always say every couple minutes, yeah, this is a drill. Yeah. This is a drill. Yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. Transmissions. Yeah, so. Yeah, they, they, well, it was just throughout the day they would say that. Right. Just so if anybody was, but pretty much the majority of people who would normally listen on that particular repeater knew in a sense what was going right. on. And then and, you had one guy would come on, you know, you had so, a safe word, right? Guy comes on, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. And then he knew it wasn't a drill anymore, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. But, but it was, it was, it was cool. We didn't have nobody come on and say like that. Nobody jumped in and was like, oh my God, are you really okay? Is, there, is there anything really burning down? You know, we didn't have right. nothing like that. So, yeah. But it was pretty cool. Never who's listening. Yeah. Oh, exactly, exactly. So they had to do that throughout the day, and then when it was when it was 100% officially done, then they said, "Okay, the drill is over. Back, we're resuming transmission to normal repeater transmission." And you guys, you know, if anybody who wants to talk, go ahead and talk. You know, now the band's free or whatever they would say, and it would assure people that okay, this is over. We ain't mm-hmm. got to worry about it no more. Don't stop freaking out, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah, it was a good time. I mean, good. so, I mean, I encourage any, you know, any hams that may watch this, if any of them have something like that in their area with the Red Cross, I encourage them to go out and do it because you never know, you know, when that comes, that time comes where you're going to be needed for your radio, you better have it charged and you better be ready. I mean, I read in popular communication. Wrong magazine. Excuse me. <laughs> I used to be popular communications. I was subscribed to until they folded. I hated that, by the way. Right. That's a, right. Now that would be a uh, talk. That would be a topic for another day. But yeah. CQ. Oh, it, so it, C- it actually is. I mean. <laughs> so so CQ magazine. I have, and yes, I've read where many times that the hams were used for those fires out in California, out and mm-hmm. wherever. And uh, I'll tell you what. That's what we're talking about. You know, and the Red yep. Cross was being assisted with them. So. I mean, exactly. it, it, is, all about, it is what it uh, is, you know. It's all about drilling. And again, from the scan yeah. radio side, it's all about knowing where to tune exactly. to. to exactly. To so dude, it, exactly. So it pays to keep your, your finger on the pulse, so to speak. So really quick, Tom, before we uh, we part ways here, is there uh, anything else you'd want to bring up today? Well, I'm always looking for followers on Twitter. Okay. That's ham, you know, ham or non-ham related. doesn't matter to me. I mean, there's some people that are CB that... Uh, CB fanatics that still rely on 27 megahertz. Hey, I'm I'm one of those people. I mean, I don't care, you know. If they want to follow me, it's it's KC2SJM, straight like that on Twitter. Yeah. I have a blue check mark, so it's I'm like I'm the yeah, only one on bucks. there. Well, well, <laughs> let's not get into that. But I'm the only one on there that has that call sign, so it's not like you're not like you're going to find anybody else impersonating me. So <laughs> at least I hope not. Exactly. Yep. But I take followers from ham, non hams. I mean, if you're a sports fanatic, I don't care. I mean, I like hockey, and right now, that's a whole other topic I don't want to get into either. But anyways. <laughs> No, we're, my team's in the playoffs, but I think we're about ready to get ourselves kicked out. So I don't want to go there with that one. But which, which team are you uh, you following? Toronto, Toronto, and and actually, it's do or die tomorrow. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> See, being here on the island, I'm a, been an Islanders fan since. Or no, know, not tomorrow. Excuse me, Wednesday. Days, but... Yeah, Wednesday's do or die for us. So, gotcha. but I mean, like I said, so anybody that want, you know, if you're a sports fan, whatever, um, TV show lover, whatever, you know, I'm cool. always taking followers like that. I mean, I do, I do. 
you know, I don't, uh, I try to look at everything on the timeline. Sometimes I don't see everything, but right. you know, yeah, Twitter is almost impossible to find, find something. Well, they, they sort it well, all I out. Mean, so. I, well, I mean, I, I work. So usually during the day, if by the time I get on Twitter, sometimes whatever I've missed is what I've missed and whatever I'm yeah, seeing that's, currently that's on that Twitter timeline. Works. Yeah. 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 So it is what it is. It's no biggie, but I mean, yep. so yeah, again, if I wants to follow, shoot me, you know, a quick follow tab button, whatever you want to call it, hit that thing as they say. Yeah, and we'll put that in the show notes as well too, and, and plug yeah, it there yeah. As well, so, other than that, I mean, if you have your ham ticket, then you know seven threes is is what we say to those people, and happy uh, DXing and all that good stuff, and make those contacts because you never know who you're going to reach. Excellent. Yep. Perfect. And then if somebody's looking for you, I'm sure they'll find you uh, not only on Twitter, but uh, they can reach out to you and, and schedule up a uh, a schedule, like I guess they could say, to get you on the Echo Link or. Or something like that. They want something. You know, I mean, something. Like yeah. Too, I mean, so. who knows? Yep. But uh, I mean, you never know. You just you just don't know who you're going to reach out there anymore. It's always exactly. interesting. That's for sure. <laughs> certainly is. So, all right, Tom. Again, I want to thank you so much for uh, booking this conversation and uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Calendar and uh, yeah, anytime you want to come back, you just let me know. Sure. We could pick up the conversation we left off with this one or on to something <laughs> new, whatever it is you're working on or or are listening to. So, um, yeah, door is always open to come back on the podcast anytime. I look forward to uh, All right, man. having you back on. Sounds like, like a plan. Okay. Thanks again. Tom, thank you so much for being a guest in the podcast. This was a very quick hour on my end, and I hopefully it was a quick hour for everybody else because this was a really great conversation. And I enjoyed talking a different aspect of the hobby, which was amateur radio. So again, if anybody wants to uh, communicate with Tom, if you don't have an amateur radio license, you can do so via his Twitter account. Again, twitter.com slash kc 2 SJM. And of course, if you have your amateur license, you can get them on Echolink. And hopefully, I've kind of gotten him interested in DMR. I know that, uh, again, Ken and 4 VKF holds a bi weekly scanner radio net on the TGIF DMR network. All right. So with that, again, if anybody would like to be a guest on the podcast, again, it's a conversation, right? It's all it is. It's there's no pressure. There's no nothing. It's just two people talking about the radio hobby. Go to scannerschool.com slash podcast, and that will get you into our calendar so you can be a guest on the podcast. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, I want to take a minute here to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Alchak, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Robs, Bob Middleton, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Chris Paris, Classic Hank, Craig Harper, Dan, Daniel Chiavolella, Dave Pasco, David, David C., David Kuzneski, Denny Crotty, Dylan Heider, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Glenn Davos, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, I Hate Junkmail, Jack Haycock, Jacques Berry, Jake Jacobson, James Broxson, James Felling, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeod, Jeff Waldrop, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, John Cordoff, John John Keel, John Sweeney, John Derby, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Luke Hartnett, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Michael Meadows, Mike Lopez, Mike Piltz, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Bowling, Paul Teal, Randy Young, Raymond Hill, Rich Palmieri, Ronnie Box, Scott Lefgren, Thomas Giampino, Todd Glendai, and William Arcand. Find out more about Patreon and our support tiers by visiting scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 73.